0: I'm really grateful that Jesus died on the cross to free us from sins, because when I think about having to practice Judaism as the Old Testament practiced, I think I would really struggle. The idea of having to sacrifice your fattest calf um, takes a whole new meaning now that I am pursuing more homesteading things. Um, I think about all the effort that it takes into the chickens, and, you know, I only have six of them, and it's just like to have to take the biggest one or the healthiest one, my most reliable layer, and sacrifice that to God to trust him that he is going to continue to provide for my family that feels really, like, finite, like, finitely hard. Um, and and when I think about wanting to expand into having a couple milk goats or whatever, maybe we only have one... Uh, Buck or whatever it is the male goat is called, Um, but say you only have one male goat and he's the biggest, like you have to sacrifice that, and it's just really hard to think about. And I'm so grateful that Jesus did come to Earth and die on the cross so that we no longer have to render those that level of sacrifice to God. Now i say level of sacrifice type of sacrifice right because we do still have like we're still called to tithe 10% our first fruits of our labors to still give back to god and um and i think it's just really powerful to look at that i think what what saint thomas aquinas said here it was his closing sentence that really stuck out to me which was um or well one of them he said the passion of christ is not Uh, through faith applied merely to our understanding, but also to our will. And so, not only does Christ's passion give us a different level of understanding of salvation and everything else, or um, like we, it's it's beyond a mental comprehension, but it actually translates into our will that we are actively doing and living our life differently than prior to Christ's sacrifice. And this made me think of the five solas. I know I mentioned them the other day. Um, I was educated in Calvinism that was kind of the primary I was raised reformed but also had a very solid Calvinist uh, education and so when you look at Christians are saved by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone as revealed by scripture alone to the glory of God alone I think it's kind of ironic that you have five things together and you're saying that they're all alone um But I I mean, I don't object necessarily to the idea of it without using the word alone, right? If you're like by grace through faith in Christ as revealed by scripture to the glory of God, um, it is to the glory of God alone because that is who we give all the glory we still acknowledge other people's worthwhile lives on this earth because that's what we do as humans. We were made for community. And so we can look at a saint who also gave all glory to God and say, wow, I want to be more like them because it's much more tangible to cultivate a relationship with an actual human being to say, oh, you seem to have it together and understand what it means to give all glory to God. I want to do that too. Teach me how to do that because you are right in front of me. Like, and I agree that scripture is a great place to go. And, um, you know, I mean, as revealed by scripture, absolutely. How is that scripture interpreted? How is it translated? There are so many aspects of that. And unless you're going to go learn Greek and become a affluent theologian of the, you know, earliest centuries where you're interpreting the initial Bible, like you have to rely on scholars to a certain degree agree that they've accurately translated Scripture in the Old Testament when and, and New Testament when scribes would translate the uh, Old Testament books over, I'm going to speak specifically Old Testament because that's what I'm remembering right now, um, but they would actually the scribe would be writing and if he made a single mistake, they had to throw the entire scroll away and start again for that book or that chapter, wherever they were on that scroll. The entire scroll had to be tossed and they had to start from scratch. It was that important that it was perfectly transcribed. And so I think that it's very um, powerful to say that. But, you know, when we talk about in Christ, absolutely, his passion and resurrection, totally important. Faith and grace, like grace is, you know, faith. Like, we have to have faith in God. Faith, hope, and love are the three supernatural virtues. They are things that can only come to us through the grace of God. That is why we have the grace of God, is so that we can experience faith. Like, it takes grace to have the fullness of faith. And so, yes, I can agree that it's by grace through faith. Great. Grace, I think that the biggest argument ends up coming down to understanding that grace works in a very tangible, real-life, applicable way. Somebody who is Calvinist or Protestant that wants to talk about the five solos would very likely say that his grace is sufficient, right? That his grace is, you know, they're really talking about his mercy, um, but that he has grace for us, and therefore we are saved. If we just say, Jesus, I believe in you, and I want you to bring me to heaven with you. Je- uh, the devil knows that Jesus exists, but he does not follow him. He is not obedient to his laws. One of the things that St. Thomas Aquinas mentioned in today's um Reflection also was that Jesus's passion was undertaken from love and obedience. It was by love and obedience to the Father that he died on the cross. And so that took obedience. He had to actively pursue that. And it was by the grace of God that. And, you know, through himself that he was able to fulfill that calling. And so I think that grace in and of itself, it's kind of like the word believe, right? Like people say, oh, you just have to believe in me and you will inherit eternal life. When believe is a verb, you have to do something. It's not just a, it's not a noun. It's not an adjective. It's not anything. It's a verb. And so belief takes an external There is an effort behind the word believe in and of itself, and grace can work through our lives so that it actually fundamentally we can understand it, but then it impacts our will. That we want to live our lives better. We want to live our lives differently. We want to be obedient to the commandments of Jesus who says, he who loves me will obey my commands. Jesus was a practicing Jew he practiced the judaic faith he studied in the temples and he understood the teachings and the pharisees i mean when he was 12 they were amazed at how he understood the wisdom that was within him and they wanted to know who taught you these things and he said my father above and so you have somebody who was fully in line with judaic custom who then still like who who did not come to abolish the law but fulfill it So that suffering was not abolished, but rather it is redeemed so that we can take our suffering and add it to something tangible, as we talked about a couple days ago, offering our sacrifice on behalf of somebody else, um, because that is what Christ did. But just allow his grace to transform your life here and now. Don't wait for, you know, don't wait for heaven. If you think that you're going to be able to sin in the presence of God, if you think that when you die, you're going to suddenly be just this different person, that's not how it works. That's why we're on a path toward holiness. We are trying to perfect ourselves here on earth because our souls are eternal and there's not just a snap of the finger when you die. You're going to die as you are. So if you're addicted to cigarettes, you're going to die addicted to cigarettes and you're going to have to figure that out before you're going to be able to get into heaven. That's the grace of purgatory right there is this ability to understand, oh wait, like there's a cleansing that has to take place first so that I can enter. And I've I've, um, there, one of the Pope Piusus had even stated that perhaps Jesus Christ himself is the cleansing fire of purgatory, right? That it's he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. Um, and, and maybe he is the, the fire itself of purgatory. It's so possible. Um, and so, especially when you see the the flame of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost and everything else. So, it just, um, a lot of these things make a lot of sense to me. Sometimes I wonder if how I communicate them always comes through clearly. So, God God bless you if you stuck with me through this whole rambling. I know sometimes people will come and be like, this video is all over the place. It's like, okay, great. It's because it's a stream of thought from me. And I'd love for it to be a conversation. I'd love to be able to sit down with you and just chat on the couch. It'd be great. Um, And I do appreciate all the people that are in my life that I'm able to do that with. So, But yes, so that was the reflection today, though, as we go into the third week of Lent um, and just focusing on the fact that Christ redeemed us. He, His passion uh, gave us remission from our sins. He is, you know, he is there for us and he has extended his grace to us so that we can then sacrifice our lives, allow his grace to transform our will so that we do want to be more like him. God bless you. I look forward to chatting with you again tomorrow and may you have a blessed third Sunday of Lent.